Okay. <clears throat> I, uh, I'm redoing this and I wanted to talk more in depth uh, about uh, selfish ambition. What is selfish ambition versus godly ambition? A me mentality versus kingdom mentality. What is ambition? Ambition is the desire to do something meaningful, great, and worthwhile. But what makes something meaningful, great, and worthwhile is it being successful or making money. Is it having a lot of things or making progress towards your goals? These questions lead us to discover the difference between selfish ambition and godly ambition. If you want to have godly ambition, this means doing God's will and fulfilling his purpose for your life. Selfish ambition, on the other hand, is doing something to fulfill your desires and dreams apart from God. Ambition isn't wrong to possess. It's all about your heart behind it. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 5 tells us the difference between a selfish ambition and godly ambition. Paul reminds us to avoid greediness and dishonesty, signs of selfish ambition, and focus on God and other on others through humility, a sign of godly ambition. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Selfish ambition focuses on you and your wants. Most of us don't like to admit we are selfish. It is something we all struggle with on some level. Selfish ambition and pride tend to go hand in hand, and we know that when pride enters the picture, we are sure to fall. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Selfish ambition is focused on you and your wants and desires. It centers on what you can get from a person, place, thing, or situation. Selfish ambition thinks of your needs, wants, and desires above others in God. Okay. You can look at it like the simple fact of uh, Christians who are single and they never have gotten married or you know they never gotten married and they look at wanting a partner but not seeing if that is what god desires for their heart all right and uh that would be selfish ambition or the fact of uh, a person who has been divorced and their first covenant spouse is still alive and they still want to get married even though it's against god's will <clears throat> selfish ambition Versus godly ambition, which is to be celibate until there's uh, reconciliation is possible. All right. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17 reminds us that our fleshly desires are at war with the spirit. In other words, in Christ, we are to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives and not waste time by caving into our fruitless desires that eventually lead to destruction. These two desires are. Our God, ours and God's will will always be at, against each other. We must be aware that the flesh, selfish ambition, is always in conflict with the Spirit's desires for us. When we speak, when we walk by the Spirit, we don't indulge our desires at the cost of others. Okay? I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the lust of the flesh lust for the for the flesh lust against the spirit and it's and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do things that you wish okay 
Godly ambition focuses on God and fulfilling his will. Godly ambition is focused on God and fulfilling his will. It is about positioning your heart and mind on him, ready and willing to move forward as he leads. It's a redefining success, not based on how much you do or get, but rather on the opportunities to love and serve others and glorify God in the process. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, sums up how we are, steward, are to steward ambition. We do have freedom in Jesus, and we also need to know how to use that freedom. In short, Paul summarizes a simple principle to drive our choices. Therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Godly ambition is about the kingdom of God or having a kingdom mentality and seeking his kingdom and righteousness. First, see Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. When you walk with godly ambition, you agree with God's word about you, him, and his purposes. Godly ambition positions you to become the person he created you to be, so that when you when people look at your life, then they can see Jesus through it, his character, power, love, and grace. You become living proof of God's love to a watching world. Godly ambition is displaced is displayed through your life as an instrument of blessings for others. Just as Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35. Selfish ambition focuses on what you can get. Selfish ambition focuses on what you can get. It's about your heart, about what your wants, not your needs, your own success, not the success of others, and what you can gain, and not what you can give. You have a personal agenda and will follow it to above all else. You believe the lie if you can attain a certain goal, status, or financial situation. You will finally be happy. Try to look at all these. Um, look at all these people who have gotten money, serious amount of money, wealth, and they have the most horrible character traits. They are the most horrible people walking the face of the earth, from politicians to presidents to world leaders, and you can tell they're not happy, or they are just very twisted. Okay, or look at the fact with the. Uh, Big Pharma and uh, what's been going on for the past couple of, you know, what? and um, you know, those people are not happy. You know, those people have a conscience and you know that they've done these things at the expense of others. Okay. And they're not happy. You know, they have to be hitting the bottle. You know, they have to be doing something, some sort of coping mechanism to think that they did the right thing. Okay. Selfish ambition. Because they did it probably to get promoted, that nice little pat on the back, or a pat on the head, really, to get where they get where they are today. Okay, selfish ambition. Look at these. You know, when I was talking about these world leaders and presidents, that our U.S. presidents, okay, and how they've had wars for ambition, for power. Okay from Obama, okay, from uh, George Bush, 
okay? From what's going on in Israel right now, selfish ambition over all else. Netanyahu, um, doing what he's doing in Israel. I mean, I'm sorry, doing what he's doing to uh, the Palestinians. Okay. Upon thousands have been murdered for gaining oil. That's what this war is about, gaining oil. It's not about freedom. It's about gaining oil reserves. Selfish ambition. You think God is pleased with that, with Netanyahu? I don't think so. All right. You think God is pleased with how Israel is a ethnic apartheid terrorist state driven by in the world leaders are the, the leaders of Israel is driven by their own lusts for power and domination thinking God is blessing them God is not blessing them oh the, there is a God blessing them but it's not it's not the God of the it's not the God of the Bible it's the enemy of God I'll, t I'll put it this way there is two gods in the Bible one is the God who created heaven and earth, and one is the prince of the air. So you could figure that out. And guess whose ambition is being carried out? Okay, selfish ambition. All right, Balaam, the prophet Balaam. What was his ambition godly when he tried to, uh, when he uh, seduced the men of Israel, the soldiers, to sleep with the the um, the uh, the foreign nations? pagan women and eat the food sacrificed to idols? Was that godly ambition? He, sat, he manipulated men to lose their lives for gold. Hmm. Okay. The fact is that earthly happiness is not the same as fulfillment of joy. Happiness can get you something temporary, but your joy releases something in you that lasts for an eternity. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. True joy cannot be taken away or shaken from you. Selfish ambition sells counterfeit joy, fleeting happiness based on what you can get. If the thing is not gotten, the happiness is forgotten. This is the cost of selfish ambition. If the thing is not gotten, the happiness is forgotten. This is the cost of selfishness, ambition. Mm, that's deep. Jesus said, do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. There is joy available to you that cannot be stolen or destroyed, but it doesn't look like the happiness much of the world chases after today. True joy can only come from Jesus. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind stays on you because he trusts in you. Godly ambitions focus on what you can give. Godly ambition focuses on living generously and giving to God and others. Godly ambition is what God wants for us. Why? Not only is God worthy of all honor and praise, Psalm 145 says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on the wondrous works. 
men will speak of the might of your awesome acts and i will declare your greatness psalm 145 chapter 145 verses 3 5 to 6. but god says that when you focus on him and his desires for your life you will live abundant prosperous and fulfilling lives when you focus on god and his desires for your life he will give you the desires of your heart psalm chapter 37 verse 4 he will direct your steps and make your path straight proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 to 6. he will do a new thing in you and make roads where there were none and and water in dry places isaiah chapter 43 verse 19. he will prosper you in, a, in your purpose and you will be su successful according to his will joshua chapter 1 verse 8. he will supply all you need according to his riches and glory in jesus philippians chapter 4 verse 19. how can anyone not want to live generously when you adopt the minds of a godly ambition over selfish ambition. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, he reminds us in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, that having a kingdom mentality for giving don't add up according to the world. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure, that you use, it will be measured back to you. The world says, take and you will have abundance. Take up because if you don't, someone else will. But Jesus has a different message. He says to replace judgment with generosity and condemnation with charity. He reminds you that as a child of God, you have a birthright to the eternal kingdom. So then you are free to share and live generously. Having a kingdom mentality means you know your, your king will never run out of riches and blessing. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be a glory in the church by Jesus Christ, by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Do you have a me mentality or a kingdom mentality? A left hour with words, with the words my way, and a right hour with the words his way, are demonstrating selfish versus godly ambition. The way you think about your ambitions has a lot to do with where your focus lies. Having selfish ambition drives your thoughts and actions to have advance your kingdom. This is a me mentality. Having a godly ambition drives your thoughts and actions to advance his, his kingdom. This is a kingdom mentality. When you are ambitious for God's purposes, his will, you can be sure that he will use you in powerful ways. Operating out of godly ambition makes the good news of Jesus irresistible to others. Ask God how he wants you to step out on faith and walk in godly ambition this season. He wants you to use you to bless others. But uh, as I said in the last video, all right, people will think, okay, well, this godly ambition, that means I could go out and get what I want. Um, he'll give me what I want. Not really. He'll give you what you need. Um, I mean, I'll put it this way. He'll give you what you want if your desires are according to his will okay that's the thing you'll have a lot of fake preachers um saying stuff like 
oh, well, you know, Jesus, he gives us a blessings abundantly. You'll have a Cadillac. You'll have a Rolls Royce. You'll, um, you'll have a, uh, you'll have, um, you'll have lots and lots of money. No, if you look into the lives of Jesus Christ, the lives of the apostles, the lives of the disciples, they were, they struggled, okay? Most of the times they were broke. All right? And it's not, it's not cheap to follow Christ. Birds have nests, foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He was homeless. Okay? I'm not saying that you may be homeless if you follow godly ambition, but there may be a chance where you may not have the the, the luxuries that you're, you're accustomed to, and you have to be willing to ask God to change your mind to deal with it, to be accustomed to it. All right? And selfish ambition, it's not easy to, to, to deal with that. It's not easy because um, people in, um, left Paul, um, Jesus, all right? Let's, let's talk about Jesus when it came to that. Okay, when Jesus, everybody loved Jesus when he was doing the miracles, raising the dead, feeding people. But when he started laying down what it took to follow him, that is when he had 72 disciples. When he started laying down what it took to follow him, the only ones left were 12. And even in, within that 12, Judas was about to betray him. And Jesus turned around and he looked at the disciples. Are you going to leave me too? He said, where are we going to go? We have the words of eternal life. I mean, that, that this life is not for the faint of heart. It's not. That's why Jesus says count the cost. Now let's look at 10 signs your leadership is driven by selfish ambition. Okay. And this this is, I mean, this is something that is it's it's not a uh It's not a cakewalk. This life is not a cakewalk. But let's look at the 10 signs your leadership is driven by selfish ambition. This is how deep it goes because you will have churches led by selfish ambition. Let's ask an awkward, difficult, and at times a piercing question. What motivates your ambition? Is it selfish? That's an important question to ask. Why? Because if you don't ask it, I promise everyone else around you will. Mostly, I don't like that question because I don't like the answer to that question. Sometimes my motivation is selfish. I interviewed Gordon McDonald on my leadership podcast. If you missed it, it was one of the best episodes we have done to date. Listen here. Gordon observed that most leaders in their 30s are driven by ambition. Gordon is a little more accurate than I want to admit. I know I struggled with this over the years. I spent a lot of my 30s in leadership wanting to be the guy who spoke at conferences as well as res respected leader in ministry. It's hard to talk about that kind of thing out loud. And of course, few of us would admit to it publicly. 
we're still it was that was very real doesn't matter what court you play on the game's the same most of us long to be better known and recognized in whatever field we're in you want more more growth more people more sales more followers more influence just more great leaders aren't driven by personal ambition they're driven by the mission they know that ambition is a terrible substitute for a mission what's the mission whatever your organization has set out to do that's the most important thing it's been a long process but i've come to enjoy watching the slow death of selfish ambition in my life it's not complete the surrender is regular and in some seasons daily but it's in progress so how do you know what's your driving your mission well here are 10 signs i've learned to identify in my own leadership that will tell you you're driven by selfish ambition great leaders aren't driven by personal ambition they're driven by the mission ambition is a terrible substitute for the mission for a mission one you're way too tied to results look i'll take progress over a lack of progress any day there's nothing wrong with that but when you're driven by selfish ambition your self-esteem rises and falls with the latest results have a good quarter you can do no wrong have a bad one and you want to quit completely yeah i mean christianity all right people you know their life is going good you know and i'm guilty of that sometimes it's great when you have a bad when you're having a bad season there are times when you want to forsake the faith you're tempted to do it all right two failure seems terrifying as a young leader failure terrified me we humans have a deep need for self-preservation and if selfishness drives you you'll do almost anything to avoid failure and yet failure is necessary ingredient in success failure success is usually not the end of the road it's often the beginning of a new road but if you if your personal ambition blinds your vision that's really hard to see okay we could look at peter okay we could look at peter or we could you know peter um said no i will never deny you lord and he ended up denying the lord okay three times all right but he still he it was a new road for him because he 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 loved god and he screwed up but he repented all right And he took he took on from there if he was just having selfish ambition like judas then he would have ended up deleting himself failure is usually not the end of the road it's often the beginning of a new road okay three you're more focused on the breadth than depth i have an interesting conversation last month as I um, as I onboarded a new staff member, we are going on over my social media numbers and email list, and she asked me point blank, "Have you ever bought any followers or email addresses?" The question surprised me because I rarely think about that kind of thing. It was a relief to be able to answer with a clear and quick, "No, actually, I haven't." But buying lists of people to follow you, using cheap growth hacks to quickly attract people or money. All of that can be a sign of selfish ambition. And looking back on a younger me, growth 
was way too much of a focus. The iconic thing is once I focus on more quality than quantity, more people showed up than ever before. Okay. The ironic thing is once I focused on quality than quantity, more people showed up than ever before. Okay. And that's the thing because these mega churches, they wanted, um, they wanted quantity. They didn't want quality. Okay. They just wanted money. Money became their God. And they didn't care if they were bringing in people and preaching a false gospel. And you don't know what these people are struggling with, what demons these people are completely given over. And then you wonder why there's so much commerce and nonsense and grief and abuse going on in these types of churches. Okay. And that's why the name of God was blasphemed among pagans. Okay. Because people chose quantity over quality, having big churches, having mega churches, having all these big donations, and you're not willing to call out sin and tell people they got to repent and turn from their wicked ways to, to, to be, um, to, to avoid God's wrath. Okay. And it even remove people from the church that are not willing to change. When you preach the gospel, the true gospel, you're, you're saving people from predators, scammers, child molesters. Okay. Who refuse to change. That's what people don't understand. Selfish ambition obsesses over quantity. Focus on quantity and then you often miss quantity and quality. Growth is just a flash in the plan. Focus on quality and you often get quantity as a byproduct. And that's what Jesus did. He Jesus wants quality, fruitful servants. That's what he wants. If he wanted just quantity, I don't think he would have died on the cross. I really don't think he would have. Because when you have quality, quality is exclusive. Quality has value. Quality is scarce. Okay. And when it's scarce, it's valuable. People went to war for resources that were scarce because it was valuable. Okay. People who choose to abstain from perversion is because they find themselves valuable. They only get one body. They see that. They don't do drugs because they value their mind and body because it's quality. You can't get another brain if it's damaged. You can't get another heart if you get uh, um, heart disease. You can't get another pair of lungs if you get cancer from smoking. Even if you could, that's thousands of dollars that you may not have. Focus on quality. All right, read that. All right. Focus. All right, read that. All right. Four, you use people. This one's ugly, but it's true. Personal ambition will cause you to use people to get where you want to go. Selfish leaders are easy to spot from a distance because bodies are usually everywhere. People were useful until they weren't. 
obviously not everyone joins your team will stay on the long team long term. But if you have an abnormally high turnover rate, you find yourself constantly complaining about how little you get out of people, pay attention. As others have said, great leadership isn't getting work done through people. Ultimately, it's growing people through work. Okay. This this is um you see this okay through um with the Christian uh the Christian uh rock and rap scene, okay? They used the Christian industry until they could get a bridge to go to the secular world and then you never hear from them again. Selfish ambition. They use people. All right. Five, you take love to take you to you love to take credit. You find yourself taking all the credit. It's probably a sign your ego or insecurity is a big factor in your ambitions. Selflessly to celebrate their team are quick to give credit to others and accept full responsibility for anything that goes wrong. If you drill down a little deeper, you may discover jealousy and insecurity drive your desire to hog the credit. The best way to beat envy is to celebrate the gifts you see in others and leverage the gifts God has given you. Publicly praising others not only builds strong teams, but also breaks the power of envy. Okay. You have a hard time admitting fault. And speaking of things going wrong, when you blow out, when you blow it, be the first to own it. Two of the most powerful words a leader can utterly um Two of the most powerful words a leader can utter are, I apologize. That is true. Okay. You've seen many leaders, okay, that have, you know, religious leaders who have been caught in sexual sin and they don't budge. They say, I am not sorry. I, um, they'll blame it on anything else, the devil, whoever. They're not sorry you can see that they're about self seven it's really hard to say no if you're trying to build a personal kingdom it's hard to say no f-o-m-o -O. fear of missing out can drive you so badly that you lose the mission in the process i struggle with saying no podcast listeners will know i often ask my podcast guests how they have mastered the art of saying no but i'm getting better at it when i really drill down i see that what most I'm worried about is what I'm missing out on. And you know what? That's not the most important thing. The mission matters most. Use that as the filter for what to say yes to and things to change. Eight, you feel entitled to success. So selfish leaders feel entitled to success, whether they're actually successful or not. Gratitude makes a great replacement for entitlement. If you spend a lot of time being grateful, for anything that comes your way, entitlement fades. Besides, almost any successful person with a modicum of humility will tell you there is so much grace fused in success. into success. Ironically, the larger my platform has grown, it's way beyond anything I've ever imagined. Even though there are other platforms much bigger, the less entitled I feel. Here's another thing i'm learning leaders who feel entitled to more rarely get entrusted with more let's read that again leaders who feel entitled to more rarely get entrusted with more mm. that is true 
That is true. Because eventually people will, you know, see that entitlement within you and they will be disgusted by you and don't want to be around you. Winning is more important than loving. I have really struggled with loving well in my leadership in my early days. I thought that success made up for everything and everything else. I was completely wrong. Love is the most important thing, period. Not only does love sit at the heart of my faith, the absence of love signals the absence of God, but it also turns out to be the heart, the best way, <clears throat> excuse me, to motivate a team, lead an organization and live. Loving people brings out the best in people. If you're looking to build a team, remember this, people gravitate to where they're valued most. If you want great people, value them. But ask, what do you do with difficult or toxic people? Hmm. People gravitate to where they're valued most. If you want great people, value them. You're always insecure. Not every selfish leader is driven by ego. Many, I would argue most, are driven by insecurity. An insecure leader is always an ineffective leader. My personal battle with insecurity has taken years, but a few things have helped immensely. For starters, try celebrating other people's success. Envy and jealousy drive an insecure leaders. Emotions, whenever there is a win on the team, that and that's never good for anyone. Second, push other more talented people into the spotlight. Invite the better speaker to speak on your stage. Invite the smarter leader into the meeting and let her speak. For you to win, someone else does not have to lose. Life is not a zero-sum game all right so this is what it is and this is what how selfish ambition has even infected the churches and you see it okay you see it with joel olstein you see it with td jakes you see it with um many many leaders <clears throat> okay that are pushing their own agenda instead of God's agenda. It's a struggle. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. The Christian faith is really painful and it's really a fight to the finish to be the better version on God's terms. The version that God wants us to be. All right, I am on Rumble. Uh, fight to the finish. I'm also on Spotify. Fight to the finish. Okay. I am also on uh, TikTok. Fight to the finish. Okay. So peace and God bless. <laughs>